Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At a few minutes' walk from the medieval house of Dante in Florence, you will find the Bargello a 13th century fortified tower which served as model for the renowned Palazzo Vecchio. During the Middle Ages, the Bargello was the residence of the Capitano del Popolo, the city's captain, of the Podestà, its highest magistrate, and of the chief police officer. Over the following centuries, it hosted the headquarters of the Florentine police, a prison, and after Italy's unification, an art museum. Quite a story, huh? Now, if you visit the Museo Nazionale del Bargello today, you can admire such masterpieces as Michelangelo's Bacchus, Donatello's David, Cellini's bust of Cosimo I, and my all-time favorite, Gian Lorenzo Bernini's bust of Costanza Bonarelli, the only work by the Baroque master in Florence and most likely the liveliest cultural portrait you'll ever see in your life. Her perfect resemblance, her sensual beauty, and her multi-perspectival pose represent a wonderful embodiment of some key qualities of Italian innovation. The quest for warmth in matter or life in stone, the mastery of execution and zealous care for detail, as well as the untiring aspiration to produce complex and ageless enchantment. On your way out of the Bargello, the 13th century Via del Proconsolo, which hosted the city's head of trade, will make you travel through time, leading you from the vicinity of Dante's house to the 15th century dome by Brunelleschi on the back of the city's cathedral. I'm sure you've seen this one. If you keep walking a minute or two in the same direction, you will find another 15th century building at the intersection with Via dei Pucci. Our story today starts here in this palace, which once hosted the fortunes of a noble Florentine family and in the 20th century became the home of Emilio Pucci, aristocrat and innovator, tailor and sportsman, politician and artist. It's in Palazzo Pucci that a story of heritage and dynamism, legacy and vitalism, rigor and self-discovery unfolded, giving life to one of Italy's most iconic brands. Born in 1914, Emilio spent his youth and much of his life there. Far from the temptation of taking shelter in his family's past, he actively participated in modern life. As a gifted athlete, he loved all sorts of sports, from swimming to skiing, from fencing to tennis, from car racing to aviation. He also got involved in politics prior to and during the war as confidant of Mussolini's daughter, Edda Ciano, and after the war as parliamentary deputy for the Liberal Party. Despite his efforts, however, Pucci would not become famous either for sports or for politics. Instead, his name would be unmistakably linked to fashion as he became one of the early artisans of the new Italian glamour after World War II and one of the most recognizable designers of Italy's Dolce Vita. Pucci's kaleidoscopic style, I'm sure you've seen one of his dresses at some point, matured after the war as a synthesis of Renaissance heritage, 
life experiences and playful transfiguration of natural elements. In the 15th and 16th centuries, at the time of the Pucci family's early fortunes, the manufacture and printing of textiles was a major area of growth for the city, as the Medici's produced wool fabric and the Ruccellais developed an effective glue for dyeing clothes. The most sought after and expensive dye was black which in contemporary portraits did not indicate gloom or grief, but rather status and wealth. The Renaissance was a byproduct of this growth and the expression of the city's new wealth, which was also driven by the first establishment of banks. Differently from other cities, which displayed their power in the verticality of their cathedrals or the massive size of their public buildings, the economic prosperity of Florence found manifestation in color, in the chromatic carousel of festivities, as described in Poliziano's Stanze per la Giostra, in the use of expensive pigments in painting, in the different tonalities of marble adorning the cathedral, and in the precision and detail of fabric dyes and prints. What Pucci did was to enliven this tradition in a modern key, by animating color with surprising waves and natural vibrations, and by stretching printed fabric into dynamic and flexible garments. While Florence offered Pucci a fertile soil, his entrepreneurial adventure started in the New York Adirondacks, where he traveled in 1932 to take part in the Winter Olympics in Lake Placid. Even though he did not officially compete in any ski race as he was only 17, his first experience in the United States left a profound mark on him, in the short run and, as we'll see, also in the long run. Soon after the Olympics, he decided to leave the University of Milan and study agriculture at the University of Georgia, where he also became a member of a renowned debate society. Three years later, in 1935, he would be offered a full scholarship to lead the ski team of Reed College in Oregon. There, he would earn an MA in political science in 1937, and the following year, upon his return to Italy, he would also earn a doctorate in political science at the University of Florence. Soon after, he joined the Italian Air Force. During the war, he served as a pilot, receiving numerous decorations for his valor. At this time, he got acquainted with Edda Ciano, the oldest daughter of Mussolini, and became her confidant. Edda had lived with her mother before moving to Rome in 1929, and despite her rebellious temper and the fears elicited in suitors by her father, she had found a husband in Galeazzo Ciano, the son of an early supporter of fascism since the March on Rome. After their sumptuous wedding in 1930, Ciano was appointed Italian consul in Shanghai, and the couple moved to China, where Edda had a secret affair with the Chinese general Zhang Sueliang. Upon their return, Chano first became Minister of the Press and Propaganda, and then Minister of Foreign Affairs. He would preside over the Italian invasion of Albania in June 1939 and renamed the city of Santi Quaranta as Porto Edda in honor of his wife. During World War II, Edda volunteered for the Italian Red Cross near the Albanian port of Valona and miraculously survived the sinking of her hospital ship Po attacked by the British Army in 1941. She would serve in the Adriatic until July 1943, when the Grand Council of Fascism voted Mussolini out of power, opening the path to his arrest, the German invasion of Italy, and the armistice with the Allies. One of the votes against Mussolini 
had come from Edda's husband, Galeazzo Ciano, who had grown skeptical of his father-in-law. Because of this, as fascists restored their power in northern Italy over the following months, Ciano would be arrested for treason, put on trial and executed. Lieutenant Pucci played a key role in the Mussolini's family drama, helping Edda to escape to Switzerland and smuggling Ciano's diaries in her peasant clothes as a potential ransom for his life. The diaries contain highly critical political information regarding the Duce and now constitute an invaluable historical source. Early in 1944, Edda pleaded with Mussolini and Hitler from Switzerland to save her husband's life in exchange for the diaries. Her confident Pucci delivered the letters to their intermediaries, but despite their effort, Hitler vetoed the scheme and Ciano was sentenced to death on January 11, 1944. Edda remained in Switzerland until the end of the war and after the liberation of Italy would be imprisoned for two years for her allegiance to fascism. Her love affair with a communist guard in the Lipari Islands jail actually became the subject of a movie in 2011. As for Pucci, after delivering Edda's letters, he was arrested brought to jail and tortured in vain by the Gestapo. He later escaped from the San Vittore prison and found a way to Switzerland. At this point, you might ask me, and fairly so, given this crazy context, how in the world did the aristocrats, sportsmen, aviator, agronomist, political scientist, and smuggler Emilio Pucci even get to fashion? I like to think of his time in jail and his Swiss exile as a laboratory of discovery, turning creative unrest into an obsessive quest for a living beauty, and imprisonment into an unrestricted urge to find light, warmth and dynamism, or in a word, freedom. The sensual flow of his fabrics and the luminous freedom of his dresses springs from this time of confinement and creative inquiry. All these experiences found an unexpected outlet in 1947, when Pucci designed a one-piece ski suit for a friend in Zermatt, based on some project he had developed for the ski team at Reed College. The suit, the first ever design in a one-piece stretchable fabric, did not pass unnoticed, and as photographer Tony Frizzle sent a picture of Pucci's friend wearing it to his boss, the editor of Harper's Bazaar, Pucci received from him the commission of a full ski wear collection. His designs appeared in the winter 1948 issue of the magazine and immediately enchanted international audiences. His overnight success convinced him to leave the Air Force and set up a haute couture line in Capri in 1949, where he decided to apply his knowledge of stretch fabrics and brightly colored prints to swimwear. Galvanized by American interest, in 1950, Pucci designed his first collection of wrinkle-free dresses and opened his boutique in Rome. He would feature his work the following year at the first fashion show of Florence in 1951, which launched the talent of young tailors Valentino Garavani and the Fontana sisters and turned the complex simplicity of Italian style into a coherent glamour. Anchored in Florentine heritage and headquartered in the allure of Capri, Pucci would design the style of Italian Dolce Vita, and his colorful fabrics would become a trademark of Italian elegance in the 1960s. Marilyn Monroe would be repeatedly photographed with Pucci dresses and was even interred wearing one. 
As Pucci's success in the United States continued to grow, his background in aviation led him to author six collections of uniforms for Braniff flight attendants, pilots and crew. Even Barbie included a line featuring Pucci's famous bubble helmet. And Pucci designed also the patch for the Apollo 15 mission to the moon. In the late 1970s, he would also plan automobile interiors for the Lincoln Mark series. In the same years, he was elected to the Italian parliament as a conservative deputy for the Liberal Party and continued his work in Florence, which remained the capital of Italian moda until the 1970s. In 1972, when he finished his second parliamentary term, the city hosted the debut of young designer Laura Biagiotti, launching her successful career in the same Sala Bianca of Palazzo Pitti where Pucci had first started. As the epicenter of Italian fashion moved from Florence to Milan in the 1980s, Palazzo Pucci remained his operative headquarters until his death in 1992 and is now the archive of the company. The brand is now part of the French group LVMH, which acquired it in 2000. Its image director is Pucci's daughter Laudomia and its artistic director is now Camille Misselli. What made Pucci's style unique over the years was the ability to effortlessly combine modern and old influences. Sports gave him space to experiment with stretching fabric. Aviation gave him vision from above of the colors of natural spaces and the fluid lines of the sea. The crystalline water of Capri's Grotta Azzurra gave him inspiration for turning colors into wavy fantasies and flower bouquets gave him the cue to draw ingenious chromatic associations for jerseys, silk scarves, and suits. All this search for natural colors, delightful combinations, and vivacity of style found rootedness in the Renaissance exuberance of color and in the Florentine art of dyeing and printing fabric. The secret recipe of Pucci's success certainly lies in this mix of patterns and color, stretchable fabrics and detailed prints, modernity and renaissance. But its real core consists in the ability to give form to the joy and art of Italian living as the ultimate expression of a meaningful and dynamic beauty. The old Pucci palace could have been the prison of imagination, yet it became the catalyst of Pucci's unbridled fantasy. It could have been emptied and refurbished for modern use, as happens with many historical buildings, yet it gave lymph and ideality to his innovative style. In the same way, the life of Pucci is not the formation novel of a Florentine aristocrat or the manifold path of an eccentric creator, but rather a synthesis of true entrepreneurship as a symphonic ensemble of different strands and the expression of an accomplished beauty, painted and printed, moving and still, immortal yet lively, like the ageless beauty of Costanza Bonarelli. Thank you very much for watching. If you like this video, I invite you to subscribe to this YouTube channel or to the webpage www.italianinnovators.com to receive notifications of new episodes. You can also follow me on my LinkedIn profile or on Instagram at Italian Innovators for additional materials about the show. Thanks again. Arrivederci e alla prossima.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.